Welcome to Sharing in Our Caring, the podcast that brings thought leaders, policymakers, and industry insiders together to shed light on the human services sector that is often overlooked but impacts us all. Tune in each episode for engaging conversations aimed at making positive change in this space. So we made it to episode two. (laughs) Exciting. Today, we're going to be talking about assistive technology. Yes, which I don't know if you want to start out by maybe defining or telling our audience what assistive technology is. Yeah, you know, Elliot, it's very interesting because although assistive technology has been around for a very long time, it really hasn't been spoken about all that much. You know, when you start to talk about helping individuals with disabilities live in the community, you talk about really those supports and skills that they need to have to be successful. And one of those supports is assistive technology, the products, the equipment, the systems that enhance learning and working and daily living skills for people with disabilities. Yeah. I was just reading this article a few days ago about how Amazon is to launch Alexa at senior living facilities. So I thought to myself a couple of things that if Amazon is getting into assistive technology, that means that it is a (laughs) a hot topic. And that technology that we use, like I use my Alexa, you know, on a daily basis. And I think technology that we use on a daily basis actually can be so impactful to individuals. Yeah, and if we think about how technology has grown and really matured as a, an industry, I think back to, you know, my compact computer and it took up almost all my desk. And now I have a little 14 inch piece of screen that is my entire computer that is thousand times more powerful. And the fact that all of the data that our folks generate on a daily basis are able to be transmitted into a cloud that is safe, secure, and retrievable at any point in time. And so I think those advances has made assistive technology even a greater asset to help people. Yeah. So I really want to get into our guest for the day. We had a great conversation with Connie Harrington from the Technology Enhancing Capabilities Tech Lab that's based in Illinois. And we came across Connie because of the work that we do with IARF, which is the Illinois Association of Rehabilitation Facilities. They work closely with IARF. And so we had gone to one of their conferences in the past year. And so when we wanted to do this episode on assistive technology, her name and kind of the tech lab came to mind. And I was really happy that she was able to join us. So let's hear from Connie more about the tech lab. So my name is Connie Harrington. In 2016, Richard Harrington and I actually joined Trinity Services to facilitate their assistive technology initiative. Awesome. So how do you define assistive technology? So the thing that's interesting is that when many people hear that word technology, they automatically think of expensive and very complex high-tech devices. In truth, the scope of assistive technology is broad, and the solutions range from the simple to the complex. And so if you take the kind of standard definition of assistive technology, 
it's really any product, service, or device that allows a person to do something more easily or that they were unable to do before. And so, as you see, that definition is also very broad. We founded the Technology Enhancing Capabilities Lab, or the Tech Lab, as we fondly call it. And so the Tech Lab actually exists to help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, people with mobility impairments, mental illness, and the aging to identify and implement assistive technology solutions. We do offer a variety of services. We have the ability to fabricate our own pieces of assistive technology at the lab. And so there's actually three reasons that we would choose to build or adapt a piece of technology instead of purchasing it. So the first that we found is that sometimes the commercially available solutions are just too expensive for the person to purchase. So for example, we can make customized switches out of most items that people have just laying around their house for a fraction of what they would cost from a vendor. The second reason that we might actually build something is because there's not a commercially available solution that meets the person's needs. And so as an example of this, a while back, we adapted a traditional handheld urinal to work for a person who has some unique physical requirements. And the third reason that we might actually build something in the lab instead of purchasing it is because sometimes those commercially available options need to be modified in order to work more effectively for the person. For example, we have seen some people with mobility impairments really struggle with being able to plug in a charging cable into their phone or tablet. So we've built customized glides to make that process easier. So the other thing that we do at the lab that I think is pretty unique is that we have a loan pool. And our loan pool actually allows us to use devices during the assessment process to determine whether a piece of technology would indeed be a viable option for a person. And so sometimes we are also able to loan those devices out to people for a period of time to ensure that the technology is a good match for everyone involved. And so we like that because we find it very beneficial in that it allows the person, their family, and the funders to be able to have confidence that that piece of technology is going to work for a person before making a purchase. A couple of the other things that we do that I think are kind of unique at the Tech Lab is that we have a number of environmental modifications for demonstration purposes. And so, for example, we utilize personal assistants, height adjustable cabinets, tables, sinks, door openers, the like, to give people a sense of what is possible in relation to environmental access and in control. And then finally, we travel locally and nationally to share our expertise with others. I wanted to just ask you how you got involved with assistive technology and what makes you so passionate about assistive technology. <laughs> so several years ago, the CEO of a provider organization asked me to lead their assistive technology initiative. And so I thought that was a little strange at first as my education is in counseling. And until that point, I had been primarily involved in the provision of residential services in one capacity or another. So I never in a million years imagined that I would be some sort of technology geek, but I did decide to take on that challenge and I haven't looked back. You know, I guess and not to sound too cliche, but I really do like helping others. And we know that technology can profoundly, positively affect the lives of the people that we support by increasing their independence, restoring dignity, and promoting confidence. You know, the thing is, is that sometimes people don't know how to navigate the 
intimidating sometimes, apparently endless array of technology that's on the market. And that's where I think that the tech lab truly shines. People don't need to search for answers on their own. We help people through every step of the process. So I guess, you know, saying that this is where my true passion enters the picture. So put simply, I love to teach, mentor, and share. Elliot, that was so inspiring hearing all the work they do with the tech lab. And you could hear in the voice of Connie, the passion she has for the work. And one of the things that excites me is that what they do at the tech lab can be replicated in other places, other states, other programs, and really can make an impact in today's world. So true, David. And, you know, the impact of assistive technology is so great and something I think we can take for granted at times. Connie shared some really amazing stories. So let's jump back into the conversation. most common referrals we receive at the tech lab are related to keeping people safe. And so this might be someone say with advancing Alzheimer's who's predisposed to wander, or maybe people who have memory problems who like to cook. So I remember putting small fire extinguishers that mounted above a stovetop into a group home setting a few years ago. And not too long after those extinguishers were installed, staff had actually forgotten about a meal they had on the burner and a fire started in the kitchen. So thankfully, the extinguishers did exactly what they were designed to do, and the fire was automatically extinguished, and there was very minimal damage to the home. Um, That's an example, actually, of where the technology benefited not only the people supported living in that environment, but the staff members as well. And then, of course, there's also a lot of interest in products to help a person gain independence. So I recall one gentleman who wanted to be able to administer his own medications, And his severe hand contractures and impaired upper body mobility meant that traditional medication dispensers with their small storage containers would not work for him. And so we were able to find one that he was able to operate, and he now takes his medication completely without assistance. As another example, we had been recently working with a young woman in her mid-20s who did not have the motor skills needed to feed herself independently. And so utilizing a utensil with a built-in computer chip, we watched her take her first bite of food completely unassisted. And so that was definitely one of those goosebump moments. Thank you. I'm wondering, Connie, where do you see assistive technology going in the future? And just I'm going to add on to this. Do you see that assistive technology can help in any way with the current workforce crisis that we are facing? Yeah, it's a great question. We know that approximately one in five people in our country are affected by some type of disability. And so with disabilities being so prevalent in our society, I think it's really appropriate for technology to take a front and center role in helping people live full, meaningful, and independent lives. I guess what I envision for technology in the future is I envision technology developments will result in more in intuitive and easier to operate devices, that accessibility features are standardized, and that products are more widely available because for two reasons, they're either decreasing in price and also we're seeing more funding sources start to cover those expenses. So essentially, I believe that technology is going to be perceived as less of a luxury and more of a necessity for people. And then you had also asked about the workforce crisis. I absolutely think that assistive technology can help with the workforce crisis. This being said, 
you know, assistive technology is just one cog in the wheel to solving that problem. Many supporters and providers are turning to remote supports to help ease the workforce crisis. And this use of the technology is proven to reduce the number of direct support hours, you know, while ensuring the person's safety, security, and well-being. So in my mind, that there's absolutely no question that we will see an expansion of remote support services. That sounds wonderful. Have you noticed over the years that funding is starting to incorporate assistive technology or even seeing funding that's specifically directed towards assistive technology? So Elliot, I've actually seen both. I've had an opportunity to work with DDDs, you know, in in multiple states. And what I'm seeing is that they're becoming very open to the idea of utilizing technology in a number of ways. So one thing that's pretty popular right now is divisions are allowing providers to pilot assistive technology projects. And so they allow a provider to kind of experiment with utilizing different technologies to demonstrate their effectiveness and see whether or not that's something that they're interested in funding over the long term. And the second way that we've seen states kind of support assistive technology funding is by incorporating it into their waiver. And so we're seeing more and more and more states being willing and able to cover the cost of some of these technologies for people who are are on the waivers. Well, you really did pique my interest in assistive technology, and I'm sure anyone who is listening to you is also going to be very curious about assistive technology. Could you share with us any tips you might have for providers that are beginning to think about assistive technology as a service they want to offer? Yeah. One of the first things I would say to providers who are looking to venture into the arena of assistive technology is just start somewhere. It's okay if it's a small project. You don't have to have a giant project to get started. Allow yourself the opportunity to start small and experience some successes and learn from your mistakes before you grow. And so through the course of time, we've actually developed what we call a nine-step guide to success. I'm happy to share that with people that are interested. Now, without getting into too much detail, because I know we, we just don't have enough time today to be able to do that. I've broken down the steps in case people are interested in learning a little bit more about those. So the first is, is just kind of defining the scope of what your project or your program is going to look like. The second is to identify a champion or champions, team of champions that are going to help you with that project. Also, it's important to be able to create and complete some type of an assessment related to that technology. We use a referral process that works really well for us. It's also really important that you identify some funding sources. So know what your state allows. If your state doesn't allow for a lot of funding of technology, you know, looking to places like the ARC or private funders who are willing to contribute toward purchasing of equipment. I think it's also extraordinarily important that you provide education and training for everybody involved, the people supported, their parents, families, staff members. It's important that everyone understands the purpose of the technology and understand how it works. And then, of course, establishing collaborative relationships, that's always a good thing. It's always a good practice, no matter what you do. And then finally, to pause and celebrate the successes that you have along the way. 
And then of course, you know, don't forget that you have to be able to evaluate that process over time and identify the things that worked and didn't work and be willing to make improvements in some of those areas that you didn't have a lot of success in. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, a thoughtful approach to implementing technology will result in success. If your approach is haphazard, it's going to result in abandonment of technology and a lot of disappointments. Those are great ways that someone can get started. It's a really nice step-by-step approach for someone who wants to try with some projects small and grow as they get more successful. Yeah, I think I think what happens is that people just you know, they hear the word assistive technology, and you know, because this is is kind of just a hot topic in the industry or the arena right now, I think that people feel overwhelmed by the idea of venturing into the world of assistive technology. And so there's no reason for it to be overwhelming. There's no reason for it to feel like this is just too big of a project to take on because you can start tiny. You can start with a tiny project with one or two people. And then again, build your success and move from move on from there. Thank you. Connie, you shared with us so many great ideas, thoughts, feelings that you have about assistive technology. Would you mind sharing with us your final thoughts that you might have? It brings me a a lot of joy to share information and resources with other people. So I would say that if anyone listening today is interested in learning more about what we do, please feel free to reach out to us at the Tech Lab. For those of you who did listen today, I, I really appreciate you taking time out to learn about the important role that technology can play in the lives of people with disabilities. Elliot, what a great second episode. This one, I believe, really focused on giving some great advice to all of our providers. Connie really focused in on many of the details that needed to be said. I'm hoping that for those providers looking to get involved in assistive technology, this is going to give them some tools they can use. And for those who just are hearing about it for the first time, it's exciting them. Yeah, and I think that both of us are hopeful that this podcast becomes a vehicle for sharing, right? For our guests and for our knowledge and for our audience to take away some ways to either improve or get involved in whatever the topic is for that episode. And assistive technology is a really hot topic, as we've talked about. And I think what's great is there are so many resources out there. And the Tech Lab just happens to be one of those. And all the work that they do is so inspiring. And it's so great that you don't have to approach or go at this alone. Yes, I agree, Elliot. Elliot, before we say goodbye, let's wrap up with a quote from Connie that I think for you and I wrapped up what this episode was all about. There's a quote that we really like at the Tech Lab, and it goes something like this. For people without disabilities, technology makes things easier. And for people with disabilities, technology makes things possible. Thanks for listening to Sharing and Our Caring, brought to you by Foothold Technology. Special thanks to our guest, Connie Harrington. We also want to give a shout out to Resonate, who has helped us with production and editing, and a shout out to Grace. If you'd like this episode and want to hear more, please like, subscribe, and consider following us on our social media channels by searching at Foothold Tech. For more information, visit us at footholdtechnology.com. We'll catch you on our next episode.